Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like Available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Krolbeck. Today it is Power Hour. Every week we are power ranking something. On Wednesdays during the season this week, we are power ranking our favorite buy lows and our favorite sell highs after two weeks. We're going to get into this. We're actually going to break. We usually do like a top 10, top 12. We're going to break it into two different lists. We're going to do our top five sell highs or top five buy lows. We'll explain how we do it. But first, we're going to do a quick explanation on like what this actually means. A buy low. Yeah. I feel like, in my own view, a like a buy low is you know that feeling if you have a team that isn't doing well to begin the season and you look at your roster and you're like, why did I draft this guy? Why did I draft this freaking guy? Like, what am I doing? What was I thinking? It's that, but for other people. Like, if other people are looking at their their roster and like, why did I take this guy? That's a buy low. Otherwise, it's just that it doesn't count. So you're trying to look for the people that you're trying to look for the players that you're league mates are ready to give up on. They're just sick of them already. Correct. Like it, someone ha- had a bad week doesn't lower their value to someone necessarily, you know, right, Craig? It might. It might. Yeah, but like I, Kyle Pitts is a great example and I don't know if anybody ranked him today because the way this worked is we sent our buy lows and sell highs to DK and then he kind of decided how to power rank these. But like Kyle Pitts is a good example. I don't think we're there with Kyle Pitts yet to qualify him. I don't think he's played bad enough for long enough to qualify him as like a buy low. I think the guy who who drafted Kyle Pitts still wants to hold on to him. He's not considered a buy low yet. So the, it's kind of a, a game of psychology where 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 the people are at in your league mentally. It depends. Kyle Pitts yeah. might be there for some people, but I think that like it's the difference. Someone has a bad week. They're not. I, the flip side is also sell highs. I think a sell high doesn't actually count as a sell high. Unless when you look at your team, you're doing really well. And you're like, wow, I'm so smart for drafting this guy. Everyone else is dumb. I am brilliant. That's a sell high. A sell high is not like Christian McCaffrey's killing it. A sell high is like Mike Williams last year, a guy who completely unexpectedly was popping off and you're worried if it's going to sustain. Amon Ross St. Brown is a candidate 
as a sell high. I'm not saying you should, but like it has to be someone where everyone looks yes. like, man, that was a yes. good pick. I wish I had made that pick. You could get like the first overall, you could get Christian McCaffrey for Amon Ross St. Brown right the, now. The probably. whole point <laughs> is someone has to be doing so well or so bad that you actually wish you could go back two weeks and change where you drafted them. That's otherwise the value hasn't changed. So with that in mind, we're going to go into the power rankings. Uh, we're going to do power hours. So again, it's power hour style, which means after two minutes, you will hear this sound from Tom Tom Club. It's a great song. Great song. <laughs> it really is. After that sound, we will, in theory, move on. So as Craig said, we both sent our list of buy, uh, buy lows, sell highs to DK. DK's ranked them all. And again, we're breaking it into two different lists here. So we'll start with the sell highs. DK, we're two weeks into the season. Who's your number one sell high candidate? 2022 you guys both sent me this player and i agree with it so i think it makes sense to start with him clyde edwards hilaire running back for the chiefs who wants to take this one i can take it i have him on my my main high school league and i hope none of my friends are listening to this because i'm gonna try to sell him um (laughs) clyde is the fifth best running back in fantasy right now but the problem that sounds great but the problem is that he's done it on about half the touches as the other running backs around him in this category clyde Mm -hmm. has 35 fantasy points this year on 22 touches he's averaging over eight yards a touch um he's basically scored the same amount as like saquon nick chubb jonathan taylor those guys but all those guys have seen double the touches as clyde clyde played 47 percent of the snaps in week two for the chiefs um he's just had a very fortunate start he had two receiving touchdowns in week one that were inside the red zone and then last week, he kind of saved his stat line with a 50-yard scamper to kind of seal the game in the fourth quarter. He's averaging 11 touches per game. It's just not enough. He's not playing enough snaps. Pacheco's the guy they bring in when they're up big and sometimes for short distances. Uh, Jarek McKinnon is playing a lot in the passing game. I mean, Clyde has seven catches this year. McKinnon has six. He's just, he's secretly in a timeshare and we don't really think of him that way. Yeah. I think Craig nailed it. I mean, if you go to, I mean, whatever site you're on, like if you're on ESPN, you click on Clyde's little page. It says position rank five. That's sexy. You can sell that to somebody. And then the second, like, Craig, what was that stat you just said? It was perfect. You said 27 touches, 30, however many points this season. 22 touches, 35 fantasy points. That's exactly it. Like once that actually comes back to earth, you're going to be like, wow, position rank 17. I can't sell that. It's great because it's been two weeks. If it was one week and you tried to sell them, people might think it's a flash in the pan. I think two weeks is enough of a sample size to trick the dumbest guy in your league. So give it a shot. (laughs) All right. DK, who's your number two sell high? All right. Number two, James Robinson of the Jags. Again, Craig had this one. I also had this one written down. Um, Oh, look at us. Basically, to me, this is a game script story. This is so far. The Jags have actually been pretty good. Um, especially this last week where they were leading the entire game. Like James Robinson got the bulk of the carries. It looks as if like he's back and the Jags are going to rely on him. And Travis Etienne is just going to be an ancillary part of the offense. But I do think that there is some uh, game script sensitivity here. Like he is the early down guy, generally speaking. And then Etienne is more of a pass catching down third down type player, um, explosive player. He's like, that's, how it looks like they're going to use them. But I do think going forward, like if they're trailing for an entire game, uh, ETN is going to get much closer to like 50, maybe even pushing like 60% of the routes, I think, or, or uh, snaps. You're going to see Robinson's usage probably trail off. And I also think he's a little bit touchdown dependent um, just based on the fact that he's an early down type running back. 
Um, overall, I would just kind of like, I think he's a candidate to like sort of take advantage, exploit the early season positivity around him, the usage so far, and try and get as much as you can. I'm not saying, and again, to like reiterate kind of what Hyvin said, like don't sell any of these players for nothing. Like try and get more than what you think they're worth. In other words, like if you want, if you can get a wide receiver two or a wide receiver one even for a guy like James Robinson, like try and float a few offers like that. Get as much value as you can. Yeah, I mean, James Robinson is the number six running back in fantasy. He does not have more than 66 rushing yards in a game this year. He has three catches on the season. The only reason he's high right now is he's got three touchdowns. And they played the Commanders and the Colts in the first two weeks. The next two weeks, they play the Chargers and the Eagles. I think the Jags are going to lose both those games. And ETN will be on the field a lot more. I mean, it's remarkable in general that this guy's like a seventh-round draft pick who tore his Achilles last year, and he's playing right now. I'm dubious of what you could actually get for James Robinson, though. This is what you say about everything, but like... Some people need a fucking RB2, like, That's badly. True. You know what I mean? Well, and, like, the, the reason that we're doing this this buy low and sell high episode at the same time is because you can trade a James Robinson for maybe a wide receiver who is a bit of a buy low. Um, because like, I, I agree with you, Hive. It's like, you can't sell him. You can't sell James Robinson at a RB6 value because, like, no one's going to look at him like that. But you might be able to get, like, a wide receiver three for him. That's a solid player. Let's go through the rest of this list and maybe at halftime between the sell highs and the buy lows. You want to talk about how to actually do trading in a league? Yeah. <laughs> sure. if, we'll have to figure that out on the fly because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> All right, great. DK, number three. <laughs> Who's your number three sell high candidate? All right, so I'm putting this, on, this one on here because I was just intrigued that you had this here. Austin Eckler for the Chargers. Give me the spiel. Yeah. He's a Austin sell high? Eckler. I know because I was, I was a little bit like... Isn't he off to a bit of a slow start? Is this so, technically a sell high, or are you just think he's yeah, going to continue to just plummet? No, it's not a sell. It's not a no. He's, it, he hasn't had a great start, but the reality is, like when you're trading a guy like Austin Eckler, people are still going to look at him like it's Austin Eckler. I can acquire Austin Eckler. I wouldn't overthink it. I think that the real reason it's hard to trade Eckler right now is because Justin Herbert get, got hurt. I think that most people would probably look at Eckler and say he got 14 carries each week. He got nine catches last week. People, I don't think. And like he has no touchdowns this season. People are probably going to look at Eckler and be like, oh, I can get Eckler. Eckler's also playing a lot less. Eckler is just not playing as frequently for the Chargers. I think that they are very purposefully. Eckler also himself has always been like, I will take less care touches in a game to stay healthy the whole season. A lot of athletes are not like that. A lot of athletes are like, give me everything. I'll handle everything. Eckler doesn't have that like reckless confidence. He's like, I'll preserve my body. He's not a huge person. I think that he is just not going to necessarily, it's kind of like Clyde, but not as extreme where he's not going to get as many touches that you'll be, be like every week, like, oh my God, Austin Eckler, 20 points. This is why I took him in the first round. I think that if anyone is willing to treat Eckler in a trade, like he's like, like if you did your redraft right now and they would still take Austin Eckler as a top eight player, I would trade him away. So like this, is, I'm just throwing this out. If someone would like give you Jamar Chase for Austin Eckler, I would do that in three seconds. That's kind no of no one would point. do that. Well, uh, Jamar Chase had eight <laughs> points last week. Yeah, I'm but just saying if someone needs a running, like if someone has, and again, it's all con so context specific, it's hard to pick out a specific person. But that's my point that what Craig just said. No one would do that. That's my point though. Like if you can get rid of like Austin Eckler and Jamar Chase, we're going back to back in drafts this year. If someone in your league still thinks of Austin Eckler as you know, more or less that player, I would go, I would do that. I would make that trade. I think this is more of us just being kind of right about our feelings about Austin Eckler heading into this season. I, I, I don't, I mean, he's had 41 touches in two games. I mean, he's averaging over 20 touches a game. I, it's not exactly like panic mode time. So then why are you saying no one would trade him for Jamar Chase? 
I just think Jamar Chase is like one of the most enticing, sexy players in the league, and, and you're not going to... I guess if you desperately needed a running back and you were really heavy on wide receiver, maybe you would. Uh, but like, Eckler to me, like if you could get a guy like a second-round wide receiver, Devontae Adams, I don't know. I don't think you could get a first-round return on him, but I don't... I don't, I don't I, we all we all have Eckler ranked ahead of Devontae Adams, so if you would do that, then Eckler is a sell high, is he not? Yeah, but barely. He's barely a sell high, I guess, is my point. Like, he, he hasn't... I, I'm not worried enough about him to where I think that I, I need to sell him right now before his value depreciates. Okay, yeah, I'm a little worried about it. DK ran in here. Be the tiebreaker before we disrespect Tom Tom further. Uh, well, I was a little bit... I wanted to hear you guys' explanation, for uh, yours specifically for this, because I didn't really see him as a sell high, but I think the name power alone still makes him a sell high. So I'll go ahead and agree with this because he is a sexy player. He has really good name recognition. Someone's willing to kind of, I think, bet on that name power, then you should take advantage because, you know, to reiterate kind of what Hyvis says, like the usage is just not there this year compared to where it was 20 last year. touches a game. Uh, I know, but like he's just not getting the same level, like the high highest value touches. And I think that they're still going to potentially use him, try and use him less as the season goes on. All the catches he, all the receptions he got last year, last last year, last week were like kind of as the Chargers were just trying to come back against the Chiefs and dump offs. I'm I'm a little concerned. Also, obviously, if Herbert misses time, like who knows what happens with that offense? All right, should we move on? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, DK, who's number? What number are we on? Four. Uh, we're on number four. I'm gonna go with one of mine here, and, and you guys are probably gonna quibble with this because of his perceived trade value. But I'm gonna say Antonio Gibson for the Commanders. He is currently. The RB10 in half PPR. He's looked fantastic. He's basically taken all the preseason naysayers and give him a big bird, flipped him the bird, because uh, he's been pretty good. He's looked good. He's fifth in the NFL in targets. He's been involved in the passing game. Um, he looks explosive well, Antonio out there. Gibson? Yes. Targets among running backs, right? Right, correct. Sorry. Okay. Targets among running backs. He's fifth in the NFL. Um, however, going forward, I think there's a couple things to consider. Number one, of course, Brian Robinson is due to come back in a couple weeks. He's already practicing. He's already cutting and, and working out on the practice field. Um, and that could, you know, as we saw in the preseason, like that could definitely affect his standing and his role with the offense. But two, I think the game script, it's again, it's a game script. It's a question of, are they going to be playing from behind or are they going to be playing with the lead? I think it depends on how you feel about how, uh, how good Washington is. But I think generally speaking, they're probably going to be more often playing from behind. And last week as they, and when they were playing from behind, he was out targeted and almost out snapped by J.D. McKissick. This is Robert, uh, sorry, Gibson was. Um, I think McKissick is still sort of the passing downs and uh, long down and distance, like basically the pass catching back for this team, even though they had used Gibson pretty frequently in the passing game. I think J.D. McKissick is going to continue to see his role grow as they're playing from behind. And then Brian Robinson could also break into Gibson's rotation, like his role on the early down. So to me, I would just like right, like take all the hype for Robinson right now and find someone who thinks Gibson's like too sorry, take all the hype for Gibson and find someone who thinks Gibson's too talented to fail or whatever, like just doesn't believe the Robinson hype and try and trade with it with that guy in your league. Can I give you a galaxy brain take? Sure. Gibson's not a sell high. Brian Robinson is. I mean, that's another interesting I think that's a good one. Let's just end with that one. Give me the take on that one. Basically, 
Antonio, like the Brian Robinson, just the whole way that the whole situation played out where he got shot and, and everyone was like, oh, my God. And then it turns out he's OK. And it's like, oh, my God, he's going to come back. And it the, and then everyone heard about this. Everyone found out about this backup running back who is going to win the job. And then he got shot, but he's going to come back. And everyone sees the drills of him doing the ladder thing. And he's like, he's coming back soon. Everyone's aware that Antonio Gibson is going to lose this job. Like no one, I, I really don't think anyone in your fantasy leagues like, oh yeah, Antonio Gibson, everyone's aware of Brian Robinson. Meanwhile, he's a rookie that's never played in the NFL yet coming back from, I assume, a very serious injury. If someone's just like, yeah, Brian Robinson, he'll be the starter when he comes back. Just flip him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I, I would just take the weird optimism people have coming off injury. I feel almost similarly about J.K. Dobbins. Everyone's like, oh, well, when J.K. Dobbins back, cool. Like, you know, sometimes you hold someone for six weeks because they are on, you know, uh, PUP list or IR or like even DeAndre Hopkins with a suspension. And then they hit you up like one week before and they're like, hey, can I have Hopkins? Like, no, I had him on my bench for a month and a half. You can't just have him now that he's back. But like if someone wants to do that with Brian Robinson, yeah, like I'll flip him. Like I've never seen him play. I have no idea. This is still a total <laughs> dice roll. I like this. I like this angle. It's like four and five or Gibson and Robinson because I, I actually think. And maybe it's different for what you got in, in your experience, but like there's either Gibson believers or Gibson haters or doubters or whatever. Like there's a pretty strong contingent, I think, people that still believe Gibson is like has potential to be an elite running back and whatever. He just needs the opportunity. And then there's a lot of people who think Robinson's already like a better runner than him. But sometimes when you're trying to make a trade, people don't think about Antonio Gibson at all. You know what I mean? I also just think that like, I don't know. Sometimes it's almost like my Josh Jacobs theory. Like sometimes the incumbent running back is just the one who's the best. Like it's just the one who's going to get the most carries. Like Antonio right. Gibson's been playing. Brad Robinson's coming back from an injury, like a serious injury. Like if you had to bet your life, like when Brian Robinson finally like suits up for a game, like who's going to get the most touches for the rest of the season? I don't know. Like once yeah. they both play together. Agree. He got shot. That's <laughs> my like, point. Like at some point, I think it, look, I am not trying to be a fake-ass doctor. However, I think it's weird that everyone's now just assuming that the rookie who got shot twice in the leg a month ago will just take this guy's job. It's Once again, it's wish casting. This is what everybody wants to happen, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Anyway, we've disrespected Tom Tom a lot. I think it's going to happen. All right. Well, to be fair, we also disrespected Brian Robinson a great deal right there. True. True. I'm on team, I'm on team Robinson. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. We want to get to buy lows, but since we were talking about all this, I always think it's kind of annoying when we give buy low, sell high advice without actually talking about trades. Quickly, my theory on trades is twofold. One, 
If you're in a league where you're with the same people year over year, don't be the asshole who's just trying to like, destroy everyone in a trade. And like, if once you get the reputation as you only send bad offers, then you're the bad offer guy and you can't get anything done. Honestly, <laughs> in my my experience, I found that like you try to squeeze a little extra value out of every deal, but at a certain point, not doing that and then actually having the reputation that you can get a deal done with someone over text in like 20 minutes, just working with people is like good long-term is number one. And then two. Yeah. I try to make deals backwards. It's like, look at your team, figure out what you need, what you have. I look at it as two. It's like, all right, I have running backs and I need tight ends or I don't know. I said, tight end. You're like, all right, I have two quarterbacks that are good. And you're like, all right, I can either get this level of deal, this or like a high level of a deal. Cause I'd trade like Deandre Swift or a lower level of a deal. Cause I would trade, I don't know, Josh Jacobs. And then you go to people and you're like, which teams need running backs. And you just talk to like those people. And then mm -hmm. you just ask them, would you want to make a big deal or a small deal? And like, I don't know. That's kind of how I approach things. Like, don't waste people's time. My strategy is like, and again, I really hope my friends aren't listening to this. So I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> and I think he's a real sell high, right? I'm worried that his stock is going to crater. I'm not, I'm not necessarily in need of any position specifically, but I just like want to see what I can get. So what I do is I go to the bottom three teams in the league, bottom four teams in the league, like yes. all the guys who are 0 and 2. And I look at their rosters and I try and find one where they need a running back, where they either have a guy who got hurt, a guy who's really disappointing. And I go to them and I'm like, hey, you know, you make up some lie. You know, uh, I'm really deep at running back, so I'm willing to shop Clyde. You know, <laughs> what what can you get me? And then you work something some out. Make some lie. <laughs> Bill wrote this in a column like 20 years ago, but he was like, Any, but anytime someone's 0-2, it's like, I just want to shake things up. It's like, that's that's who you want to trade with? Always. Always. It's funny. It's funny to me. Like the idea of trading is so funny because at the very foundation, like you said, Craig, it's just like someone. What? Both either both or one person is just lying through their teeth about everything. Totally. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like, want to fucking deal with this person that's just lying. Yes and to no. Me. I guess. <laughs> let me put it this way. I think this is the single biggest people mistake people make when you're trying to trade with someone. You have to explain to them why it's also good for you. No, this is, I actually 100% disagree. Like, if someone's trying to tell me that, I'm like, go away. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, sorry. I meant it the other way. Not good for you. Like, good for you and me. I'm, if I'm trying to make a trade with DK, the biggest red flag is I'm like, hey, DK. Your team could really benefit by Clyde. Uh, I think your team yeah. would be a lot stronger. <laughs> Don't tell me about my team. I know my team. <laughs> yeah, the player I'm giving away is fantastic. Like, that is the most see-through, transparent horseshit you could possibly do. Yeah, the way that yeah. you actually gain someone's trust is like, here's why your player will help me, and then also my player can help you. But like, unless you're kind of, in my opinion, unless someone's honest about how it helps both people, it's kind of just transparent horseshit. And I think that that's <laughs> the quickest way yeah. to like have an actual conversation is why it helps both people. I also think one of the lessons of trades is that you have to understand that you're you're not going to just rip off somebody. It, it's impossible. Maybe you can get lucky and rip somebody off, but you have to understand that you actually have to give something up. You actually yes. have to you you have to take a risk. You know what I mean? You are making yeah. a bet. That's all this is. You have to understand that the, the hardest thing in fantasy is like, oh, I really want this guy on my friend's team, and then you're like, well, I don't want to give up any of my starters. I'll package two bench players and see if he'll do it. That's not going to work. Yeah, you have to give up a player on your team yeah. who is playing well right now. It has to be even. Here, take these two pieces of shit and then give me your good player. It has to be an <laughs> yeah. even trade. That's the problem. Craig is so right. You're right. Look, generally speaking, it's, I, I, I guess speaking of Bill, like 
Bill's thing in real life was always NBA trades. It's like when you give up four quarters for a dollar, like you generally always want the dollar. Like the whole point of fantasy football is like you generally want like the bet. The reason we talk about stars and scrubs and auction drafts is like you want the better player because you can only start so many people. But that doesn't mean that like when you offer two bench players for starter, you're not the most annoying person in the world. So I think you're right, Craig. Like you have to give up something. You if you want. Leonard Fournette, you'll have to trade Michael Thomas. Like you'll just have to do that or else it's not going to work. You have to make a gamble based on your intuition and your research. And I think that that that's why, and again, that's also why I'm kind of like team don't waste people's time because by the nature that you're listening to this podcast right now, you're probably spending more time on your team than the people you're trying to talk to. Don't you think selling high is the hardest thing to do in fantasy? A hundred percent. Well, that's why you said pull up the people who are Owen too, because not only are those people more likely to want to make a change to their team, the people who are 2-0 and o think they're fucking brilliant. Like, you're, everyone's overvaluing their own players. We talk about this. This is a psychological thing. We talk about that great book, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. It's like every, like, it's called the Ikea effect. It's so cool. Just like it, people are so connected to their Ikea furniture, and they've done this in psychological studies, <laughs> just because they made it. And, the, yeah, and as, as bad of a wrap as Ikea furniture has, just the process of you making it, means people are so much more attached to it. And the same way you start 2-0 and and you're like, uh, I want Jalen Waddle. It's like, <gasps> you want Jalen Waddle? The nerve. It's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's their Ikea furniture. It's like, they won't give that up. They're undefeated with it. It's a weird, it is. It's truly a weird psychological thing. Like these teams are our babies. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I chose this team for a fucking reason, man. Like I want all these players. Like don't try and come get my players. Everyone overvalues their own players, yes. except the New England Patriots. So <laughs> don't overvalue your own players. I, I don't waste other people's times. Don't spend all your time talking about why it's good for the other person. Like explain why it's good for you. It's refreshing. <laughs> uh, and I think, yeah, and give something up. Don't, and don't be afraid to sell high. It's really fucking hard. But I, w I wish I sold Mike Williams in week six last year and got like some incredible player back. All yeah. right, we, we didn't, no one said it. We're all afraid to do it, but we should have the conversation of about a modern St. Brown while we're doing the sell high real quick. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, would you trade a Monroe for Mike Evans? No. no. All right, is there a world where three weeks from now we feel like fucking idiots for not doing that? Well, the thing about Amonra is it's not just two weeks. He's done it for like 10 weeks. Yes, that's why it's that's why it's like a really abnormal one is it's like we were like, well, he won't pick up where he left off. And then he just did. So it's really also, you got to throw. Out. Yeah, I, I feel like at this point, I even said it like you have to throw out literally one of the sexiest names in fantasy. If you're going to throw if if Austin Eckler for Amonra St. Brown. <sighs> that's a quite that's a would you give up question. Austin Eckler for Amonra? Yeah, I would potentially. Yeah. Okay, so if you have a, I, I'm just saying, like, if someone has a Monroe St. Brown, and again, no one would ever trade a Monroe St. Brown right now for any price because you think you're going to win your league for it. The problem is for every Cooper Cup where they just keep doing this, there are four other players that stop. Right, right. Would you trade a Monroe St. Brown for Saquon? I wouldn't. <laughs> it's, ugh, that's tough because yeah. a Monroe's, like, has the consistency that you're looking for in receivers. Should we play a different game real quick? Who would you trade Amon Ross St. Brown for right now? That's the thing. Well, uh, Saquon's a really interesting one because Saquon, it's like the consistency of it. Like, do I have a top five receiver versus Saquon being like, you know, do I have a top three running back? Is that, you know what I mean? It's like. Like, well, you would trade Amon Ross for Jonathan Taylor, right? Yeah. You would trade him for McCaffrey? Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, yes. 
You wouldn't trade him for Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Mixon, Najee Harris. Would you trade him for Aaron Jones or DeAndre Swift? Maybe Swift. I want to double check DeAndre's injury. I mean, I, I mean, probably yes, I probably would. Okay. So there's like, there's like honestly like three running backs. Well, that's the other thing is we were talking about before the show. It's like we hate, we hate all running backs at this point. Like none, none of the running backs are reliable. Like, yeah. But I, I think the idea really is like, do you have the stones to trade away Amon Ross St. Brown right now when everyone's talking about how he's this year's Cooper Cup? Like, that's the thing. It's, it's irrational. It's, it's, you also just feel smart. Like, no, who wants to do that? Like, it, like it's not fun to sell. It's also, I think, psychologically, it's like you got him for so cheap. It's like, why would I yeah. sell him now? Because I'm getting all that value already. Well, there's also a reason he wasn't on our sell high list because we don't think he's a sellout high. Not every player who's exceeding expectations is going to regress back to the mean. He's a second year player. Right, what about Jalen Waddle? No, I don't think I, I mean, he's definitely has an inflated value right now, but I, I still think he's going to be very good. Right. It's a matter of like how far they're going to fall if it's like marginal. Like, obviously, we don't expect Jalen Waddle to do what he did last week every single week, but, but like, do I think he's going to be a top 15 wide receiver? Probably. Right. Right. All right, I'm glad we had this conversation. Okay, why don't you do the, let's do the bylaws, DK. So again, we all sent, we all decided our bylaws. We sent them to DK. DK's power ranking them. DK, who's your number one bylaw candidate? All right, this one intrigued me, and Craig, I had this guy written down too. Leonard Fournette for the yeah. Buccaneers. I think just generally the Buccaneers in general, but uh, give me the Fournette pitch. Fournette is second in the league in rushing attempts. Second. And he's 17th in fantasy points. He, did, he has, doesn't have any touchdowns. That's all it is. He's like the opposite of James Robinson. James Robinson's had three touchdowns. Leonard Fournette like has the zero. opposite of Nick Chubb. He, yeah, right. Like Fournette and Clyde. Fournette should have Clyde's fantasy points and Clyde should have Fournette's fantasy points, but it's backwards right now. Um, he has all the volume and none of the efficiency. He plays 87% of the snaps against the Saints last week, which is elite. That's like coming in on McCaffrey, 2021 Najee Harris numbers right there. He's not the sexiest guy in the league, but the Bucs are super depleted. You know, uh, Mike Evans uh, suspended. They, they just signed Cole Beasley. Julio Jones is banged up. Russell Gage doesn't seem to be the guy for them. Obviously, Chris Godwin's out. Um, Fournette has proven before, like in their Super Bowl run, that he can be the focal point of the offense. I mean, he still is. Like I said, he's second in the league in rushing attempts. And he's a capable wide receiver. They're playing the Packers and the Chiefs the next two weeks. I just think Fournette is like a guaranteed 20 touches every single game he plays with receiving work included. Um, and I would pounce now while you still can. You gave that entire pitch without mentioning that Leonard Fournette literally tweeted this week to my fantasy owners. I'm sorry. Touchdowns coming soon with like nine exclamation points. <laughs> God, I love that man. Also, never forget Leonard Fournette's background cover photo on Twitter is literally God touching Adam from the Sistine Chapel. But it's Leonard Fournette is Adam. It would have been sick if Leonard Fournette was God. He should have switched it to make him God Ooh. touching Adam. No, you gotta have you gotta stay a little humble. <laughs> it's a good twist. Last year, the the Buccaneers were fourth in the NFL in plays. So far, they are seventeenth. This the, every I think the Buccaneers are as a team are a buy low. Like you could buy low on Evans. You could buy low. Obviously, Godwin. I don't know if he's like. I was gonna say a, he's hurt. How do you even? What do you? What would you give up? Yeah, I don't know what you'd buy for. Like buy him for, but I think he's a guy that's gonna come in and do really well. Um. Fournette, Brady. I know that we don't talk about quarterbacks here a ton, but like I saw the stat Brady of all the of all the quarterbacks in the NFL that have played like 
a full complement of snaps, he has the fewest fantasy points so far. That's I not going to fucking keep this, up. I swear <laughs> to God, if this guy's washed, I'm going to be <laughs> apoplectic. Is, we waited 20 fucking two years to draft this guy. And well, now another sucks. way to think of it is you waited till after he retired. That's <laughs> another way to look at it, perhaps. True, true. You um, just were like, yeah, you know, he just left training camp for like a week. Never explained himself, but like, I'm going to go with it. Yeah. All right. Next one. Start the timer. We've been we've been lax on the timer. We have uh, Javante Williams for the Broncos. This is Heifetz's yes. one, and I I would extend this to all Broncos as well. Oh, uh, this one's really simple. The all like all the press, all the vibes around the Broncos are negative. I yes. mean, you, yes. like because there's different levels of like people in your fantasy league, right? There's nerds kind of like us who are talking about like target share. There's people who are following the NFL on like Instagram. doesn't matter where you're looking at everything with the Broncos is bad. Like the fans chanting the, 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 the play clock, them almost losing to the Texans, Nate Hackett, everything about Denver is bad. Javante Williams is really freaking good. Javante Williams has should like, again, another guy that, with like a couple different plays would have a completely different season. Like week one, again, fumbling at the goal line is total fluke play. Like mm. he just should play more. The Broncos can't, their offense can't really be worse than it's been. You know, all these failed opportunities. They've kicked a field goal at the fourth and one at the goal line. Like there were so many moments where Javante Williams was going to be good. He had what, 12 catches in week one. The upside for Javante is insane. I do think Melvin Gordon's still going to be vulturing, but I, I think that as much as I was a little, I had questions about Javante, I would pay a pretty large price for him relative. Like if someone's kind of dissatisfied with him, I would be totally, totally fine ponying up for Javante as if he's going to be a top 10 player, like top 10 running back going forward. Cause he, I really do think he will be. Would you swap Austin Eckler for Javante Williams? That's a good example of something where like I would trade Eckler for Javante and somebody. You wouldn't do it straight up. No, because that's like not, value that's not a sell you're not getting value for Eckler the whole point well, who do you think is going to score more points the rest of the season if it's Javante it's a value gun to my head yeah I wonder if it's Javante but my point is it's a question and so that's where my whole point of this is I would trade Austin Eckler for Javante and maybe if you grab a receiver then you hope Javante is just as good as Eckler is and then you pick up the receiver net value does that make sense yeah I once again, I, part of me thinks that you're being that shitty trade guy again, where you're like, <laughs> I'll give you uh, Javante, or I, I want Javante and somebody else for Austin Eckler. And the guy's no, like, No, you're Dude. talking at it, you're conflating two things. You're talking about the guy who's giving two bench players for someone who's good. I'm talking about giving up Austin Eckler, and you're acting like I'm being a crazy person. No one trades their first round picks, it does, it's very hard to get. Javante's a second round running back, and Austin Eckler's like a first round running back, and they've had pretty much the same start to the year. So I feel like well, someone might have gotten them, Javante in the third, first of all, and then yeah, it's not insane. Yeah, I, I, listen, if somebody out there can trade for Javante Williams and get another piece for like a middling first round running back, let me know. I feel like DK, is this crazy? I feel like it's not insane to be like, yeah, I want Austin Eckler. If someone's like, oh, we'll take Eckler, it's like, oh yeah, I want Javante and another player. Why would you do this straight up? I don't think it's insane. I think it would be something where, you know, someone's anchoring to ADP prior to the season. Yeah, like that's what you'd want to do. Um, I don't know. I, I think you'd have to get a bench player with him. There's there's no way someone's throwing in a starting receiver. There's no one's just somebody's giving you like Gabe Davis with Javante Williams for Austin Eckler. You probably do. Think. You'd have to do a two for two. Javante and whoever for Eckler and whoever. 
Sometimes you just need to toss in like two side dishes just to make both people feel better. You know what I mean? It's right. like, we can't right. just do a yes. one for one swap. It's like, you need to toss in French fries and I'll toss in a side salad. That and is then we the, can... That's the grease that really gets deals done, I think. Yes. Um, all right. To extend that real quick, like I think all Broncos are probably by lows right now. Like, I think Russell's going to improve as the year goes on. I don't think it's going to be a disaster all year. I think Judy is a good buy low. Um, Sutton's probably not a buy low because he's been awesome. Um, Judy's a good one, DK. Yeah, I almost put him well, on my hurt. list, but he's hurt. He, yeah. I just think people hate him. Yeah, and then, but I would, I probably wouldn't buy low on uh, Alberto at this point. <laughs> Judy is considered day to day. Pick him up on waivers. Yeah, yeah. right. All right, let's get to our next one because we just just absolutely just been slaughtered the timer. All right, Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers. This is Craig's. I also had him jotted down. Um, Craig, I imagine this is Garoppolo related. Yeah, right. I mean, it's last year all over again. The lead running back is hurt. Jimmy G is the starting quarterback. Debo will be playing more as, as a, a running back. back. Yep. If you look at once they plucked Ayuk from the doghouse last year, from the Shanahan doghouse, uh, which is like the last 10 games of the season. Uh, Ayuk was the 20th best wide receiver in the league. Yeah. Uh, he's had a slow start. He only has 13 fantasy points through two games. He has 100 yards, no touchdowns. But Jimmy already took two deep shots to him when he came in last week. So It's a good sign. Um, yeah. I think all the all the hype, like I remember you you two hyped up Ayuk a lot this offseason because I think we're so tantalized by his talent. Mm -hmm. But I was skeptical because of the Lance offense. His, you know, maybe he'd be efficient per target. I just didn't know how many targets he was going to get. I um, mean, he had, you know, he had five or four targets in week one. I know it was monsooning, but that's what I was worried about is like, there's just too much going on. And with how much Lance is running, he wasn't going to get that much work. Now, yeah. I don't feel the same way. And I think, especially with the injury history with Kittle and Debo, like I think Ayuk is a great buy low. The 49ers are absolutely ridiculously snake bitten at running back. Why can none of none of their running backs stay healthy? I think Doesn't matter. That, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I really I'm not gonna pretend to have an answer. A lot of people have jokingly said that, you know, it's the offense with Shanahan because he actually creates such big running lanes. They're running so fast at collisions. I it's probably a piece of it. I don't know if that's yeah, maybe. point one. I don't know if that's point one percent. I'm sure it's related to some degree, but like big picture. When every 49ers season has been defined by injury running backs for five years in a row, it is probably not about the individual people. It's either the profile of running back that they are seeking mm. or something about their system. But like every year that Kyle Shannon has had running backs <laughs> going back to the Falcons, they always get hurt more so than other teams. It's like what we were talking about a few uh, episodes ago. It's like, if, if you're the one who says that we don't have a, a single annoying guy in the friend group, it means you're the annoying guy. <laughs> Shanahan's like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Just every running back happens <laughs> yeah. to get hurt on our team. It's like, Maybe it's you, Kyle. Dude, friggin' Ty Davis Price has a high ankle sprain now, too. Like that, Dude, basically, what, you could just write off his rookie year at this what's point. What's that Ted Lasso joke where he's like, yeah, all these like, you know, couples that were, you know, having relationship issues like Frank Sinatra and her, Frank Sinatra and her, Frank Sinatra and her. He's like, <laughs> oh, man, now I'm thinking about it. Maybe old blue eyes had a temper issue. It's like, like, good, good reference, Heifetz. Sick reference, bro. Lasso. Your reference is right. sick. <laughs> Get the sick right, reference. Let's go, DK, give us the next uh, by low. This one, I don't know if I agree with, but I was very intrigued. Craig, give me the Derrick Henry pitch. That's right, baby. Oh, I'm, turning, I'm, I'm turning the train around. You never know where I'm going on that train. I'm going <laughs> off the tracks, back on the tracks. Uh, listen, I'm I'm so happy. I, I'm going to need about 10 minutes on Tom Tom. We're going to have to run Tom Tom <laughs> 10 times to talk about Derrick Henry. I think we finally were correct 
in hopping off the train this year. I think he is not as good as he once was. Um, mm -hmm. But you know what's funny is, and I texted you guys this last night watching the Titans. It was games like last night where I, w I wonder how Derrick Henry was ever good. <laughs> he is so stiff and can be yeah. so slow when he right. gets the ball that like right. he can't round any corner. Like he need like he's like a freight, he's literally a freight train. Like once he gets going, it's hard to stop when he's running in a straight line. But man, if the offensive line isn't working and they're like losing, I have no faith in Derrick Henry. With all of that said, <laughs> you might be able to get him at an incredibly low price. Maybe he needs one more bad week, but they had two tough games to start the season. They obviously just got killed by the Bills. He's averaging 3.1 yards for carry, but he's tied for fifth in the league in carries. Like, even if he's not the same guy. Chase volume. Yes. Even if he's not the same guy and the offensive line isn't the same and the offense isn't the same, he's going to finish top five in carries this, this year. This is brilliant, <laughs> and here's why. I think that our biggest blind spot, the three of us, is we overthink all of this shit. Like, it's our job to follow this. I think we're very out of touch, probably, with the average person that <laughs> people are listening to this are trading with. This is brilliant because the Bills just rocked Tennessee the most I've seen in a team. Like, Tennessee took out Tannehill in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Dude, there was like, a whole quarter left. If you have Henry <laughs> and you watch that game, you're, like, freaking out. And they pulled Ryan Tannehill after three teams were down 20 in the same week and all came back like in the fourth quarter. They're like, <laughs> yeah, we're Mike Rabel's like, happening. no chance. Just say that. <laughs> You're not that guy. Know thyself. Yeah. And listen, the Titans' next uh, five games, so they just got shit on by the Bills. Their next five games, Raiders, Colts, Commanders, Colts, Texans. Ooh. J Derrick Henry's going to have 200 yards in one of those games. That's why I think that when you're doing these trades, it really does matter. Like, what does the little blurb say on the on the project? Like, is, does the Yahoo or ESPN blurb say this is person's doing poorly or nope, they'll bounce back. Don't worry. Like, the, at the end of the day, like when you're trying to trade with someone, the first thing they check is that little blurb. You know what I mean? It's like it's like day trading. reading those blurbs. It's like the stocks are just flying up and down. I'm just saying, man, this is a good one. Like anyone who watched <laughs> that is worried about their coming. All right, DK, give us another. Uh, All right, this is the fifth and final one. Hi, Fitz. It had to happen. Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I put this because Craig is wrong. Uh, Kyle Pitts is not a sell, like a buy low candidate after week one. Like nobody was going to see Kyle Pitts have a bad week and they give up on him. I think Craig is wrong. I think people are panicking. Some people are at, <laughs> like, again, Craig, you like, I think Craig's right in that some people will definitely not be trading away Kyle Pitts after week two. I think Craig's completely wrong to assume that nobody who has Kyle Pitts is freaking the fuck out. That no, they just took I'm a freaking tight end. the fuck out. I have Kyle Pitts and I'm freaking out. But yeah, like, you're, what am you're, I going to get in return? I'm not going to start David and Joku over Kyle Pitts. You're I'm being not. aspirational about you don't want to listen, but you are listening. That's the thing. If someone, the point, it's the opposite. Every team in the NFL, any team in your league can talk to you because guess what? The guy with Dallas Goddard, you're like, oh shit, what if Dallas Goddard is just better than Kyle Pitts? You know, the guy with Zach Ertz, you're like, what if Zach Ertz is just better than Kyle Pitts? And like, you're going to listen. And so here's my thing with Kyle Pitts. Everyone Don't has speak Kyle like Pitts. that to me. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Here's the thing with Kyle Pitts. He might just suck. Let's just, no, but he doesn't actually suck. He's probably going to be good. I think that Kyle Pitts is, is everything you want is happening. Like he's, he's running vertical routes. He's part of the offense. Like he's, he's involved. Obviously he's the four catches, 30 yards is terrifying. They played really good teams. Like the saints have had a great defense. The Rams have just won the fucking Super Bowl. Like these are excellent <laughs> defenses. And that hasn't really been mentioned in any of the Kyle Pitts stuff. And I'm just saying now the Falcons this week, 
The Falcons are Seahawks. freaking playing the Seahawks. The Hi, Seahawks are We're horrible. on the same side here. I don't know what you're... I, I, it almost sounds like you're arguing for the opposite side. I, I'm saying I would not trade away Kyle Pitts, which yeah, is Yeah, I'm me. saying he's a buy low. I'm saying if the person who has Kyle Pitts is panicking, I would see and get Kyle Pitts because like it's one, it's a gamble. It's a risk. It's one of those risks that could win you your league if he does turn it around. Yeah, I think that Kyle Pitts has been too hyped by us and the rest of the liberal fantasy media that <laughs> come on it hasn't it hasn't been long enough i don't think anyone is going to sell for 60 cents on the dollar for kyle pitts i do i i, I disagree on this wrong. one Craig. i, I think people are there, panicking man. i people think people are, are flipping out people are doing the job i've made a huge mistake and they just want to get out i think it's too soon i think it's like it needs another <laughs> week or two i really do here's the deal here's the facts here's the facts craig it really here's depends. the point it's it depends. <laughs> Someone else is gonna. Here's where I think you're wrong. Okay, you have to ask. Maybe the person with Kyle Pitts in your league is like, "No, I'm not ready to trade yet." But you have to see. Yeah, they might sure. Be like, fuck this guy. Yeah, you you can reach out across the leagues. Shoot your shot, man. Yeah, might as well shoot yeah. your shot. I just don't. I don't think personally. I don't know. I guess I, I don't think he qualifies. I understand your argument. No, you have to ask because they're going from such good defenses that this week i i got to tell you i think Kyle Pitts has more yards by halftime than he like of week 3 than he does the first two weeks combined i think he will have 40 yards Arthur by halftime Arthur Smith is going to force feed Kyle Pitts cuz he's fucking sick of the 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 media asking him questions don't ask me fucking questions media i think there's a real chance the window is closed to Kyle Pitts after sunday and so i kind of think people should get this done does any coach hate the media more than Arthur Smith well he's <laughs> a billionaire so yeah no probably not <laughs> He, that's we like never talked about that. He's just the thing. son he's of the billionaire. His dad started FedEx. This is like if fucking <laughs> Jeff Bezos just decided to be the head coach of the Falcons. I guess if you can slip in and there's, you, you know, like like when Indiana Jones always reaches back in after like the cave is collapsing and he grabs his hat. Like if you can do that and get Kyle Pitts before the window closes, hats off to you. I don't think hats I don't off. think it's, there's enough room. Good one. So let's do this right now because this is super important. Uh, I'm at a league hypothetically with my brother. And my brother just took all the players that I wanted because that's his strategy every year. And let's see, I can probably make <laughs> what, my brother what a dick move. <laughs> so uh, I love no, that. it's really funny. I'm not gonna lie, but I could try to make this pot <laughs> this trade with him before he listens to the next episode. Uh, he has Kyle Pitts. I have like Gerald Everett. I could try and like what I I'm trying to think what I would have to send him back to just get Kyle Pitts. You'd have to give up Gerald Everett and like. AJ Dillon. I have McCaffrey, James Connor, Tyree Kill. Like, I wouldn't give up those guys. I think I would try to hold no. on them. There's, I mean, Allen Robinson, Travis yeah. Etienne. Yeah, that's perfect. It'd have to be one of those two. He's also got Javante. You'd have to give up Gerald Everett and probably. <sighs> the problem is A Rob and Etienne had a bad start, but this is the, this is why trading so fucking hard. I'm just saying he's not going to do it. No, like, he's it not. Just, they're going to think they're getting scammed because they're going to know that they're being preyed upon by everybody who actually knows how good Kyle Pitts is and that the regression is coming. When we were talking about trades, the one thing we didn't do is when you ask about a player that he's not the guy you want, knowing that they'll say no and be like, oh, all right, what about like, I don't know, this guy? And Fuck then you're that. like, <laughs> it's you got to play the, you got you yeah, to dance the, the dance. Foot in the you know? door. It's one, yeah. Yeah. It's one long tango. Michael, give me Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Uh, okay. I don't think people are going to give up. Any on other, a couple by, we didn't hit any of these guys. I, I just will quickly say there's probably nobody, there's nobody that has actually more expected fantasy points than actual than Joe Mixon. I will just say like Joe Mixon 
in theory, has the most expected points based on what she's played. And like, I believe he leads the NFL in carries. Yes. Joe Mixon's a good one. We didn't shout him out. Uh, on the flip side, we didn't mention for sell highs. DeAndre Swift has outperformed mm. his expected usage, but he's broken big plays and he's good. So I don't, you know what I mean? I just think any guy drafted in the first or second round is very hard to label as a sell high if they're playing really well. Cause like they were already close enough to the top to be, you know, to have that possibility in their range of outcomes. It's like Swift is killing it, but like he's a second round pick. Yeah. Well, I think what that means by sell high is maybe we didn't, ex maybe we should have explained this off the top. This, this is actually, is this like apex mountain? Do we have no idea what sell high means? <laughs> this is, I, I think it is. No, let's, we have no idea what right tiers now. are. We have no idea what selling high or buying low means. Sell not high, helping anyone. I would describe can be one of two things. Sell high would be Amon Ross St. Brown rockets up and you're like, you know what? I just made a huge ROI here. I'm just going to cash in my chips. And someone wants to just give me Mike Evans for Amon Ra. You know what? I'll just take Mike Evans. I'm not saying you should do that, but that's kind of it. The flip side of sell high is I'm like really concerned hypothetically that Alvin Kamara is just terrible this year. And I actually think his real value is a lot less than what I drafted him for three weeks ago. And so if someone will give me a player that was like loosely in consideration around the same spot in the draft, like out, someone will give me Alvin Kamara for Aaron Jones or like Alvin Kamara for Swift. I will just do that because I think Alvin Kamara is actually closer to David Montgomery. That's what I consider a sell high. And that's what I look at Austin Eckler as. I'm not saying Eckler is going to be bad. I'm saying that if I could swap Eckler for another guy that I also might've taken in the first round, I would do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's all about Let's vibes. It's all about vibes, you guys. Vibes. It's all very nebulous. It is. We got a couple great fantasy courts here. All right. I also just want to thank Brian who tweeted at us. We were talking the last episode about when you hear something once and you learn what the word means and you hear the word all the time really quickly. Oh, after. yeah. It's called a frequency illusion. Oh, interesting. It's a, it's a psychological <laughs> term. So now I, I want to see if it gets meta now that we've heard the term frequency illusion. If we then we start hearing oh. the term frequency illusion more, because that's like the ultimate test. Oh, that, you know what it's called? Uh, it is frequency illusion, but I, for some reason I was like, that doesn't sound right to me. It's called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. Mm. Have oh. you ever heard that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why is it called that? I'm sure Bader-Meinhof coined it. A master. Wasn't that Bader? Wasn't that like a gang? Hold on. What? Where did you grow up? Uh, in the 1980s and 1990s. Is that what the gangs around you were called? It's like a fuck. It's like a political thing, dude. Hold Sounds on. like a German scientist. The Bader Meinhof phenomenon. I, I assumed Bader Meinhof was a person. Hold on. The Bader Meinhof gang, also known as Red Army Faction, yeah, this is like a, is a Cold West War German thing. terrorist group yeah. that oh my God. was active in the 1970s. You guys gotta read. You guys gotta read a fucking book. So you probably wonder how the name of a terrorist gang became attached to the concept <laughs> of frequently illusion. Frequency illusion. I am curious now. Can you explain it? Well, I got to It's like, you want to listen to me read an article? We have to... I need to know how this happened. So the name Bader-Meinhof phenomenon was derived from a particular instance of frequency illusion in which the Bader-Meinhof group was mentioned. In this instance, it was noticed by a man named Terry Mullen who in 1994 wrote a letter to a newspaper column in which he mentioned that he'd first heard of the Bader-Meinhof group and shortly thereafter coincidentally came across the term from another source. As the story was published, this is really long. 
After the story was published, various readers submitted letters detailing their own experience of similar events, and the name Bader-Meinhof phenomenon was coined as a result. I don't know. Maybe it's just such a specific name. I'm so thoroughly out of my depth with anything involving um, Germany in the 1970s that all I'll say is I read the obituary of Mikhail Gorbachev in the New York Times. Highly recommend it. And all I could think while I was reading the whole thing was, wow, there's so much about the world I do not know. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. What, uh, is that, what, where do you live? Well, I thought you meant a local gang in Washington. No, I know. And I was I like, know, what? I, know. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? To defend Heifetz here, when you said that, DK, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? They're literally called the Bader-Meinhof gang. But it's like it's like the one time ever it's like that the like Jesse one James of these, gang or whatever. But it's like the one time ever that one of these phrases isn't named after like an old philosopher. <laughs> like, this guy, uh, Professor Bader Meinhof. Can we do fantasy court? Yes. Yeah. These are good. It's from Josh. 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 Oh, great and powerful judges. I need a ruling. <laughs> a fellow league mate and I have been working on a trade for over a week and we finally settled on this. It's a good trade. She would get Trey Lance, Ezekiel Elliott, and Kyle Pitts. I would get Nick Chubb, Tyler Higby, and Amonra St. Brown. It's a blockbuster. The trade was accepted last Thursday, and all we had to do was wait until Wednesday for the trade to go through. A week. It's a long time. On Sunday, Trey Lance goes down, and immediately she demands that the trade be vetoed because Trey Lance got hurt, but not enough people in the league vetoed the trade. So the league commissioner, and he puts it's in all caps here, who happens this. to be her husband, the league <laughs> oh, commissioner geez. changes the rules on oh, how man. many people are needed to veto, and and the trade is then vetoed. Am yeah. I wrong? He David for Stern this it. Is, this is a David Stern, yeah. Chris Paul situation. Yeah. So they want to hey, another I, another piece of history. This is Henry VIII just deciding to fucking change religions so he could divorce his wife. That He's was just. Yeah, that was, we don't talk They're, about that one enough. What a crazy movie. I, I didn't know that. That's cool. <laughs> I actually always, what do you, yeah, read it. But no, yeah. That's how he I created the Church of England because the Roman Catholic Church would not give him a divorce or an annulment. Yeah, I didn't know an that. Annulment, I'm okay. not ashamed to say it. Yeah. yeah. You should watch, uh, what, what was the series on Showtime about uh, the Tudors? That's a fucking good show. Anyway, continue. Anyway, uh, this trade should be vetoed. Yes. Let's be honest. Yeah, this is bullshit. Well, there's Come two on. different, should be? <laughs> the commissioner changed yes. it to help his wife. Not help is, I mean, you'd like to think that the commissioner would do this no matter who was involved in the trade. Well, here's the problem. You know, here's the real problem with this. Oh, wait, I disagree. I think the trade should, the, I think the trade should go through. Yeah. No league no. should have a week to review a trade. That doesn't make any sense. Like a week is a long time. I'm kind of team like once the deal is done, it should go through. I mean, yeah. look, we're very on the record. Like, I agree with that. The, you mentioned the David Stern thing. Every time someone makes a fantasy trade they're upset about, I'm like, you remember the David Stern trade where they vetoed him? Like, yeah, it's like, can you name one other v trade that's ever been vetoed? No, you can't because it doesn't happen. It's like literally unless there's a conflict of interest, which was the NBA owned one of the teams that was trading Chris Paul. There's no it. There's no conflict of interest. This question that I, I think the question just becomes, does someone getting hurt in the review period change it? But it's like. I don't know. Doesn't everyone kind of know that's a possibility when you make a trade in a league with a the trade was review? accepted before the injury. The I fact know. that he got injured is just tough shit. Like that happens. I, I kind of I see both sides. I just think that whatever it is, you need a policy on it. If a league is going to be like someone gets hurt in the review, we undo the trade. Fine, it needs to be that way for every trade. And if you're on DK side and it's accepted, and you're gonna, it just every trade needs to be that way. You know also, what I mean? can we yeah, just I, like? I mean, I agree. Blanket statement like commissioner shenanigans need to stop. Stop changing rules in the middle of the season. 
Well, no, it's not that he changed it for his wife. That's the problem here. Like, this is horseshit. <laughs> well, also, we don't know if we don't know what the rule was. Like, we don't know if they had a rule that said in the review period, if if an injury occurs, then we do this, then we handle it this way. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, considering how big of a trade this was, I feel like they've probably had this situation pop up before where someone got hurt in a week long review. That means every trade that's made, there's games played in between. And Which basically, no whatever, sense. whatever the precedent is, you got to go with that. If like anyone's been hurt before, if the trade still went through, like yeah, that's that's ridiculous. If there is a week long review period and somebody gets hurt in it, to me, I think the trade should be vetoed because that, especially like out for the year, like that's because you know what the other part of it that's horseshit is. She also saw Amonra go off and probably regretted giving away Amonra. It's not just the Lance injury, and that's why you can't let stuff like this happen. Well, and like, you know, when you like trade for a player and you only like you wait to like see if he passes the physical or something before the trade goes through. To me, that's like if he's healthy throughout through after the end of the weekend, then the trade will go through. <laughs> However, I still think that what Heifetz said earlier, when you make a trade in fantasy, the commissioner needs to make it pass through immediately. The yeah. second you hit accept, the player should be on the other player, exactly. the other guy's team. Right. Waiting any amount of time is ridiculous, in my opinion. It should be immediate. This is Elon Musk buying Twitter. And then he's like, uh, actually, I don't want this anymore. Right, yeah. And they're like, he's like, well, you know, this isn't worth what I paid for it. I don't want it. And like, yeah, that's something you should figure out like before you you like do the deal. And Craig, you said this is like the time where they have they have to pass a physical. That's not the that's not the analogy here. It's if they make the trade, the player plays in a game, gets hurt, and then they're like, actually, we don't want this player anymore. <laughs> Veto the trade. Yeah, but that doesn't happen. They send him back. But yeah. you don't you don't make trades and then let the player play on the original team for another week. <laughs> it's so it's weird. I don't know. Uh, I think I I think that this is commissioner shenanigans. I think the trade should go through, and I don't think you should Obvi- change rules. Obviously, it's commissioner shenanigans because yeah. he cha- I, we're close. We're talking vaguely about this for this exact case. He changed the rule. Because his wife wanted no. This goes back. This is ridiculous. I think if you make a trade and you agree on it, then the trade should just go through immediately. They changed the threshold of vetoes to get it done. I think the trade should go through immediately. But if it doesn't go through immediately, and then a guy gets hurt the next day before the review period has ended, to me, I think I think it should be vetoed. All right, we got another one from Casey. Casey, Casey, this one's good. Love the show. Long time listener, first time emailer. Started a league this year with my son, who's eleven. We also have a few of his cousins and some other friends. It's the first time that most of them are doing fantasy. They're pretty clueless about it, and the stakes are pretty low. My son and I were pl- <laughs> my son and I were playing each other in week two, and we were projected to be neck and neck. He checked his roster before we went to church in the morning, and he saw that Alvin Kamara was questionable, and he was thinking of benching Alvin Kamara and putting in Chase Edmonds. I told him that we will have plenty of time between church ending and the games beginning at one o'clock Eastern and that he should wait to see if Alvin Kamara was actually out of the game. Well, of course things at church went long and then we were chatting with (laughs) friends after church. And then we realized it was 1235 in the afternoon and we have a 20 minute bike ride home. And at this point I check and I see that Alvin Kamara is in fact out and that he needs to make the swap. Didn't Edmonds play at 10 in the morning? Well, we're talking about East coast time. East coast time. Oh, oh, sorry. (laughs) Like, you know, a lot of people. At this point, I check. I see that Alvin Kamara is out and that my son does need to bench Alvin Kamara, but he doesn't have a phone. And I know that it would be really tight to like bike home on time and get to the desktop computer. So I tried logging into his account 
from my phone because I'm the one who set up his account. But of course, I forget his password. So I just end up locking his account totally. <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> and this now I nightmare. can't do it from my phone or anyone's phone. So now we are booking it home on our bikes all while he's chirping at me <laughs> and I'm trying to get his nine-year-old sister to bike uh, like the wind. We pull hilarious. into the driveway at one o'clock Eastern on the nose. Games begin, rosters lock, and he had his first experience as a fantasy player with someone getting him a goose egg. He was really mad at me the rest of the day. A friend suggested to me I should have had to bench an equivalent player. <laughs> what are your thoughts? And also, for the record, I didn't bench anyone, and I stomped him thanks to Jalen Hurts' Monday monster, monster Monday Night. Wow! Oh man, and it wouldn't have mattered anyway. It sounds like he would have lost. I I think the best part of this is him being like, I did all this, fucked up my son's lineup, also, but I stomped him anyway. Who's the Ohio State quarterback that was uh, like answering a tweet about Cardell Jones? <laughs> I was answering a tweet about how he like kicked some little kid's ass at a video game and someone said the score was like 30 to 10. He's like, fuck that. I didn't beat him 30 to 10. It was like 57 to 3. And he was just like <laughs> gloating about it or something. Uh, terrible context, obviously, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. That's exactly what it is. Well, first things first, I mean, the kid started a player who put up a goose egg, so he's got a shotgun of beer. That's, that's first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then after that, um, I don't think there should be any consequence, right? The dad tried, and he, the kid lost anyway. I mean, what? You know, this what is like do? straight out of a sitcom. Also, wait, I found the Cardell Jones tweet. It's it also it was Cardell Jones, the Ohio State quarterback, visited a, a, a children's hospital <laughs> to play them in Madden, <laughs> ah, and right. the headline was. Cardell Jones beats kid in hospital 91 to 35. And he tweeted, man, everyone stopped saying that. It was 98 to 35. I, I had 91 <laughs> with a minute and a half left. That's the best fucking tweet I've ever seen in my life. Um, That's like when Ricky Bobby is playing basketball in the wheelchair and then occasionally he just stands up and like swats somebody. <laughs> oh, Dude, that's, he's like kicking people. So it's psychosomatic. So you mean he can start a fire uh, with his thoughts? Uh, DK, can you tell me about being a dad and beating your son at things? Because that's, if this were Calvin, what would you do? This is very funny, though. I just love the, I love the image of him fucking trying to get the nine-year-old daughter to like, come, like, hurry the fuck up. We got to get home by one. Like, it's just so funny. Um, shoot, I don't know what to do here. He kind of convinced his son to like put up a goose egg and it's his responsibility it's, to get the family home. Yeah. If you're like going to be like, my son can't have a phone. And my son does have to play in fantasy. And then you convince him to not do it. It's, his, and then you get it's him the go. dad's fault. It's the dad's fault till this kid is 18 years old. If he's living under his roof. If we're being honest, he gets to have his cake and eat it too. He gets to be like, all right, I'll bench someone. Also wouldn't have mattered. Sucks to suck. Get your kid a fantasy football phone. How about like that? Just a fantasy burner. I want you to email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com. If one, you have stories of you like beating your child in something really well. But more importantly, if you have stories of like your dad being really competitive against you when you were a kid, please email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com. I feel like there's probably some great stories out there. My dad still talks about the first time he realized I could beat him at basketball. And he was like, that was, that was like a pivot point in life. Like yes. that was like a, a, an inflection point um, when he could no longer beat me. Like he, he would let me win sometimes, you know, like when I was really young, but then he realized like, Oh, I can't, <laughs> I can't win if I tried anymore. That's why that scene and he got game. Uh, with uh, Ray Allen and Denzel Washington, it's just one of the best yeah. scenes in any sports movie because there's something so primal about just playing your dad 
especially in basketball particularly. It's so it is such a weird thing. Well, it feels like it's like the game is more important than it is. Like if you like trying to beat your dad for the first time and something <laughs> yeah. feels like yeah. Like like the moment of when you become the man of the household if you win the game, yeah. it's like my dad is now abdicating the throne to me <laughs> yeah. if I beat him in one on one right we now. We should have Shay on it. Shay always talks about like the first time his I'm um, the captain now. Kids beat him in Mario Kart. And yeah. It's like, "Oh my god." But uh the best is when your dad, I like, I feel like dad, this is a classic dad move is you let your son get very close to winning mm-hmm. yeah. just to make him feel better. But then like, you got to secure the W at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm going to do that all the time. Can't like, let I'm going to beat my can't kid. Can't let the kid think they're the alpha. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of like 11 to 10 one-on-one basketball games with me and my kid Dude, until he's right. like 16. <laughs> you uh, going to let him get like a 10 to nothing lead and then come back just to moralize him. Yeah. And I'm like, what a comeback you have. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm gonna reveal a little too much about me, but my uh, well, no, my friends. I read Matthew McConaughey's fucking book, which was a whole thing. We I actually we had a book club with my friends, and mm-hmm. we did Matthew McConaughey's book. The book was so bad that it ended the book club. But there's a story where basically Matthew McConaughey's dad and then like they would basically steal PVC pipes and then sell them for money, and they just had this kind of scam going. And then one day there was some argument about whether someone something. And I don't remember. And it was Matthew McConaughey's older brother and his dad. And they just had a fight and they just beat the shit out of each other. And then Matthew and his dad was and Matthew McConaughey's. He was like 20 and he picks up this thing of plywood. And he's like, don't do it, dad. Don't do it. And his dad gets up and throws a pot and he just knocks his dad out cold with the piece of plywood. <laughs> what? Wow. And then he wakes up in the morning and he's like, you're the man of the house now. And he was like, all right, <laughs> Matthew's older brother. Like, that's it. He's in charge. He's in charge of the company now. Jesus. You're the man. The dad's like, son, what are we having for dinner tonight? Yeah, it's up no, to you. <laughs> you get the legged chicken. It's a crazy story. That's all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to him for emailing us. Um, th- thank you in advance to everyone telling us stories about dads just dunking on their kids, figuratively or literally. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, the chain smokers. Name a chain smokers song. Mm, can't. Why what what you've been in such a role? Why where did they even come from? The chain smokers. I don't know. I was thinking about Russ Cole. Just chain oh, smoking. Smoking. Okay. Gotcha. Oh. What is one of the chain smokers' songs? You closer know, is uh, the big one. Closer is probably the big one. Mm. Something just like this. That was a big one. The beginning Roses of Closer is... does rip. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, it's not fine. It. It's like the most played song of the last five years. It is. Yeah, it is. It's 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 hard not to be annoyed by it. I actually, I actually, I fucking hate that song. The more I think about it, the the lyrics, I hate when lyrics are only written for the purpose of like the fact that they need to rhyme so they can yes, record this song and then that. make money. I hate that. You don't think it's cool that like from that mattress that you stole from your roommate back in Boulder? Exactly. It is the dumbest line. So baby, pull me closer in the backseat of your Rover that I know you can't afford like that tattoo on your shoulder. Pull the sheets right off the corner of that mattress that you stole from your roommate back in Boulder. We ain't ever getting older. <laughs> They're just whipping out Boulder, Colorado in a lyric. <laughs> I think my take is that uh, if you discovered that song on your own, you'd be like, wow, this is great. But then you just were forced to hear it so many times that then you hate it. But it's actually it's a good song. And here's my th- theory on this. So they basically came up with this Boulder line and were like, this is really it doesn't make any sense, but like, it's the only thing we can think of to rhyme with older. So then later in the song, they add in a second random city. They have Tucson. It says, stay and play that Blink-182 Tucson that we beat to death in Tucson. I did not know that. Oh boy. They added that to then make the Boulder reference now a part of like the ethos of the song. Did you know that 
this actually can you guess how many streams closer has in spotify 1.8 billion uh, yeah it's like, that's two billion yeah it's <laughs> uh i will say better than kid rock rhyming things with things i would rather that <laughs> and we were trying different things and we were smoking, we different, were smoking things. different things dude He's given up. He fucking mailed it in. It's not even his song. It's fucking. You should have like what's Sweet the worst Home song? What's the worst song that you love? Oh god, that's a great question. That's a great question. The Ringer needs to just do like top ten worst songs ever. <laughs> that's got dude. That's Kid Rock's got to be on there, dude. I did karaoke. I got to tell you, if if you can't that's sing, Kid Rock song bangs. I cannot sing. No, it's not even his song, dude. <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama. You like that I know. song? I, I, I you like know that, that song? <laughs> you don't like Kid Rock's song? I think his is good too. <laughs> no, they're the same song, dude. That's what I'm saying. He's singing different words in it. It's yeah, a different song. He fucking it's rhymes just, things with things. It's still it's like the same it's word. Still pleasing to the ear. <laughs> okay. Hi, Fitz. What were you saying? Hi, Fitz. Welcome to our life, buddy. I haven't had a point. Uh, <laughs> no, but I will just say emails at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. We want to know also the worst song that you like love but it has to be like awful like people would be like oh but like you have to love it just like garbage pop or like some horrible like cotton eye joe that song goes oh <laughs> oh wait, wait we have to all right we have so much things people uh someone suggested we do cotton eye joe for uh the handcuff running backs and it's like jeff wilson no, it's it's like, like, where'd he come from where did he go <laughs> cotton eye jeff <laughs> Just like every time you're like, Matt Asiata, where did this guy come from? Jeff Wilson, North Texas, by the way. I did find oh, that yeah, out. Oh, yeah, somebody, Someone, somebody texted to me too. Yeah. Shouts, Kyle. Remember, North Texas had, didn't they? Weren't they like a 15 seed in the tournament a couple years ago? And they beat like. Yeah. They're the mean green, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're green. They beat like Duke or somebody big. I forget. All right, let's go. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>